Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody, and we are here finally reunited at our most favorite podcasting spot in the world, Lynn. The Where are we? Uh, Theater with Park, and it's one of the last nice days, I think, of the season. Yes, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The leaves are still somewhat intact. It's beautiful. The colors are popping. Yeah, we're in heaven right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And joining us in heaven today is our guest, Alexa Shapiro. And service and environmentalism is the name of her game. Alexa is doing amazing work to make the outdoors accessible and providing inclusive space for marginalized voices. And when we scheduled our chat before, some big news was released before this day. And it is the fact that she has been named the executive director of the Winona Outdoor Collaborative, which she was also a founder of, I understand. Yes. Yes. Um, So instead of me rambling on on how impressive she is, let's hear it straight from her. Alexa, welcome to We Do This For Fun. Thank you. Hello, Alexa. And we were just as before we started rolling, we were like, how? So, hey, hey, Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) My my favorite joke. are listening to this at home if you hear if your Alexa starts going off as we say hey Alexa and it will (laughs) (laughs) but so nice to have you here thank you it's nice to be here and yeah what a beautiful day to be here oh my gosh very happy about the fall yeah oh and we didn't mention we are actually outside yes we are we're hardcore like that (laughs) so okay we I feel like I need to start with so small small world so Alexa and one of the twins Ian that's who we, we call our husbands, the twins, because they're way too much alike. They, you guys met um, do, during, doing the woofer training, yeah. correct, like two years ago? Yeah, about two years ago. So what is Small World? And as we know, Ian loves woofing. Can you, okay, yeah, tell what us is that? What, yeah. is, what is woofing? What does it stand for? Um, and just give us a brief overview of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, Wilderness First Response is the certification course that we met in. Um, I was taking it because I was getting into guiding through the Winona Outdoor Collaborative, and so it was a requirement to, to be a guide. And um, it's really all about the risk management of the outdoors, so learning how to support people who are in danger when they're outside, um, helping with some pretty severe medical emergencies, um, specifically when you are like two hours from the nearest medical Um, facility. So uh, yeah, sometimes our work takes us into really remote locations. Um, I know when when I met Ian, he was talking a lot about doing uh, filming for the Iditarod Mm -hmm. and just how remote remote those uh, locations can be. And so if somebody gets hurt, uh, we really need to know how to support them since it's going to take so much longer to get them to emergency services. So yeah, um, yeah, that was kind of my intro into meeting Ian and really the work that I do now too. So I just think it sounds terrifying. Like if I'm out in the middle of nowhere and you know, something goes wrong, I, I'm going to panic. I'm going to freeze. So I guess, I mean, what what drives you to want to do that and not just run away and like close your eyes and go go get help right (laughs) instead of be the helper like go run and get help yeah I mean honestly I remember during the course there was a point in time where I asked the instructor like how do you get past the mental block of helping somebody who might be just covered in blood or going Mm -hmm. through some pretty traumatic stuff Um, I have 
worked in the medical field a little bit here and there. I used to be uh, an emergency medical responder for a wildland firefighting team. Um, for a very short period of time and we had a couple intense calls but nothing that was like so traumatizing that I still have you know memories and dreams of those things and truthfully I still don't have those sort of experiences the most that I've used my my woofer for is blisters and a little bit of like ankle care (laughs) which I'm grateful for yeah that's that's what I want Um, (laughs) but when I you know going through the course you're they they really mimic a lot of the medical stuff that you might see so they give people these like fake bruises they use a lot of um they use a lot of makeup and stuff to, to fake all the injuries. And so you do get to see some kind of gruesome th- things. And it was hard for me to get past that mental block. And I guess I don't know that I haven't had that experience yet. So I don't know how I'd respond in person. But typically when I'm working, I get to be with one someone else who also has woofer. And so that really helps me calm down. Like if we get stuck in some pretty severe medical situation, I have somebody else who's going to be able to step in too if I, if I can't rise to the occasion. Um, and I think also when you're just guiding people outdoors, you just get used to the whole experience not being for you, but being for other people. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to kind of disassociate with my own body and say, mm-hmm. someone's hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to solve yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell me a little bit about representation of you know, women in um, that community, like in yeah. the first responder, woofer community? I mean, are you with many women or are you an anomaly? Um, I think in the woofer community, I'm not quite sure. Um, so my integration into the woofer community is, is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. So I've, of course, met the 20-something students that I took class with, and we had a, a fairly diverse representation of genders. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, working in the field of outdoor recreation, sometimes I feel like an anomaly. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, too, because the, so the Winona Outdoor Collaborative was initially founded to support women in getting outdoors. Huh. And so we, we really had that focus at first. And then... In January of 2020, we were talking about just the different types of barriers that people of all different types of identities face. And that's when we realized, you know, it's not just women who face barriers to getting outside. And the mission of our organization could really expand to support a wider range of people. Um, And I feel fortunate that the collaborative itself is entirely women-run. So uh, all five of our staff members are women. Our board of directors is primarily female. And so we get a lot of that, like, feminine power that I love to see in the outdoors and that we don't see as often. Um, So I don't know. I guess in some ways I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm on this weird little island Uh where I get to be surrounded by women Uh in the outdoors. But then I expand outside of the work that I do and I realize, you know, the representation just isn't always there. I don't think women are really raised to view themselves in the same way mm-hmm. as men do when it comes mm-hmm. to the outdoors. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the collaborative. What what does it do? How long has it been around? Um, what was the impetus of it? Yeah. So, uh, I, so I co-founded the Winona Outdoor Collaborative in August of 2019. Um, it had been a project in my head for maybe two or three years at that point. I, so I'm not originally from the Midwest. I frequently get told I don't sound like a Midwesterner. <laughs> I'm not. I'm from San Diego and when I moved out here I lived up in Duluth and I got connected with a women's climbing group up there and that was the first time that I had that experience of what it felt like to recreate in a group of people that shared some sort of identity to me Mm -hmm. um, a visible identity factor and um, I just realized how empowered I felt when I was climbing with other women compared to when I was climbing with my male friends. Mm. Um, women were, they would help me feel a lot more encouraged to try things that I might see as scary or beyond my capacity and make me feel like I could actually accomplish it. 
Um, and so when I had that experience, I was uh, when I moved up to Duluth, I was actually knew that I was only going to be there for about two years because I was leaving the summer of 2017 to go backpack the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, wow. So when I left, I had you know five months on the PCT to think about what I wanted to do next. And we knew we were going to be moving to Winona. And Winona is kind of this huge recreation hub mm-hmm. of southeastern Minnesota. And we thought, you know, that could be something that could really easily be brought down to Winona and help create that community. A um, couple other experiences that I had after that of like connecting with more women in the outdoors and really feeling that power and strength that women give each other when yeah. we're outside recreating. And it, it just kind of lit this fire in me of, you know, I want this. Like if I, if I could create anything in my home that would help me want to stay here, it's going to be that environment. Um, yeah. And I mean, representation, I think, especially in the outdoors, is so important because so often we see the same type of person yes. represented mm-hmm. in, in social media and marketing around the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And all of that has these these underlining messages to the people that aren't in those yes. in those marketing pieces, right? They tell us, you know, we're not really the type of people that get outside. I've been raised in the outdoors, um, and the amount of times that I felt like I don't belong in the outdoors mm-hmm. really shows me that you know that that's got to be something that so many people are experiencing in, diff- in different ways. And the collaborative really exists to kind of. Uh, disrupt our idea of what is outdoorsy and help everyone I see love, themselves. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, Jody and I. Fa- I mean, that's how this podcast was kind of born, is because we both grew up not, not. liking camping, not seeing mm, ourselves no. as outdoorsy people and cabin then, people. Yeah, that's then, what people did in the Midwest. Yeah, they mm-hmm. went to cabins, mm-hmm. like people who go camping. Why? Right. You know? We were too cool for school, yeah, and then we exactly. realized, oh, we need the outdoors. This is this is amazing. Why aren't more women? Yeah. Out here. Yeah. Yeah. So who is your typical audience then for the collective? Yeah. So um, we we incidentally seem to attract a lot of young folks. Uh-huh. Like, uh, so uh, when we look at our social media demographics, we're primarily appealing to people who are 22 to 35 years of age. Um, and we, re- we definitely see that demographic most coming to our programs. Um, at first, I was a little conflicted with this because I'm thinking, you know, the the people that I surround myself by are the ones that see themselves represented. And so they're really using this as an opportunity to, like, get outside and continue building that sense of community. Um, but through that, we've been able to really engage these other wider audiences, too. So we do see kind of a, a diverse array of people coming to our programs. We have a lot of um, older adults that will come to our programs, a lot of people with different physical abilities that show up as well. Um, and a lot of families, especially mm. parents that are kind of looking for something to get their kids outside yeah. and get their kids connected with more adults that like to recreate outside, too. Yeah. Um, and that's a really huge aspect of, of what our programs are seeking to do. We want to build that sense of community that really mm-hmm. encourages you to come back and continue to get outside. Because that's for me, that's what did it. You know, I, I hated hiking as a kid. My parents would always try to get us outside. We'd complain and complain. And it wasn't until I was an adult and could like build my own sense of community in the outdoors that I felt like, no, this is where I belong. Yeah. And this is what I want to be doing with my time. Do you think that's one of the big barriers? Or, or what, what would you say are some of the big barriers? And we actually have a big exercise class moving in, folks, listeners. Yeah. So if you hear a lot of noise in the background, that's what it is. People yeah. recreating outdoors. <laughs> yes. Um, but so what are the, you know, some of the barriers that people would they come to you say I wouldn't normally I would not be here because of fill in the blank yeah so one of the the biggest one that I literally cannot figure out how to solve so if anyone has any ideas <laughs> yeah. love to hear it um, is time uh, so so yeah. often right we're told oh I don't have the time to get outside I, I don't have the capacity to do that with my work schedule or with taking care of kids and all these other things and um, you know I think all of those things are valid and they definitely stand in the way of us getting outside but the reality is that the mental health and physical yes. wellness mm-hmm. that you get from getting outside mm-hmm. is so worth it um, 
And if you can just even carve out 10 minutes of your day to be able to stand outside and be among trees and just be away from the screen, it goes such a long way for your mental health. Um, so that's definitely one of the hugest barriers that we were told about. Um, the other two that we get most often is uh, lack of confidence, not mm, knowing how to do certain yep. things and yep. uh, feeling kind of limited within that because they don't, they don't even know where to start. Um, and then the second being financial, which um, absolutely understand. Yeah. The outdoors is a really expensive place and we're constantly working to get rid of some of the financial barriers. So we have a lot of free programs that are intended to connect people to outdoor recreation without that cost for the for the equipment excuse me um, and then we also have an equipment rental shop that helps to provide equipment for a lower cost and some consignment stuff too so if you are looking for a new jacket you're able to get it at a thrifted cost instead of having to go to a store and get it you know hugely expensive cost that we sell our outdoor equipment for and gear that shopping. is cool so yeah. all of that is happening within, do you have like a storefront, a retail kind of storefront then we as do. well? We okay. do, yeah. So we, we have, we've been partnering with uh, Sanborn Canoe Company and Merrimack Canoe, which are uh, Winona Canoes, a little bit more well known, oh, but yeah. Sanborn and Merrimack <laughs> are uh, the smaller, more old school style canoes and paddles. And we actually have a storefront in their shop, in their wood shop. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So it's really fun because we get to work in this environment with yeah. like 20 other people who are woodworkers and build all this huh. incredible outdoor equipment. And then yeah. they entrust us to run the shop and do all of the guiding services. So our shop is actually, it's... Um, it's called Base Camp Provisions, so it's a it's an, a separate business that the three of us all run and huh. operate together. Okay. What a cool That's concept. Really yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. I've really, one of the things I love the most about my work is that I get to work with all these out, these other outdoor uh, businesses and nonprofits, and yeah. there seems to be this sense of if we work together, we're going to create something yeah. even better. Well, because it's, there's so it's many fun. symbiotic relationships going on, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like if you can, you know, encourage somebody to go into the outdoors who's never been in the outdoors, they're going to have to buy some gear, and maybe then they get into canoeing, and maybe yeah. they want to buy a new canoe, and there's yeah. just so much interconnectedness there yeah that's really fantastic the collaboration i think is key in so mm -hmm. many especially as a small business or mm -hmm. a small nonprofit. like with i mean with the outdoors or anything i mean we see that like just across everything especially in anything related to wellness too because mm -hmm. there's so many different facets and there's so many opportunities and it's just connecting with that right person or that right organization absolutely i have a um an answer for you for your question yes. and okay Good. what people need to look up is called habit stacking okay and so habit stacking is basically the idea of okay so let's say you want to go outdoors more but you have no time but let's say you have a dog and your dog needs to go outside right so instead of just letting your dog outside in the morning what if you went outside with your dog mm. and just kind of stood out there for five minutes and then maybe you're enjoying it and so maybe it's okay, I'm going to stand out for 10 minutes. And then maybe that turns into I'm going to walk the dog around the block. And then maybe that it turns into, you know, it goes on and on from that. But it's taking something that you have to do every day and then flipping that into something else. So I, I would that. encourage everyone to kind of think about that. Mm -hmm. Like think of something that you do every day. And if the goal is to get outside more, like you can do it. You can mm -hmm. figure out a way because there's something that brings you outdoors that would make it much simpler to just get a little bit of fresh air. Absolutely. I yeah. love that idea. Yeah. It reminds me too of just how often, like if you really break down what your day looks like, I'm sure there is a pocket of 10 minutes that you could, you know, quote unquote sacrifice to go outside. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times I've realized that I've been staring at my phone for 20 minutes yes, instead right. of totally. standing outside with my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just scroll on your phone outside. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, go sit on your deck and scroll yeah. outside. Yeah. Smart, Lynn. <laughs> I, I've been known to do that. <laughs> so what um, what advice would you have then, yeah, for people listening that, you know, if they have this barrier of the, the whole of, I, I don't I don't have confidence. I don't think I can do it. What? How do you get someone to a comfort level where they feel like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to, I've always wanted to try climbing. What, what's, what's your secret? Yeah. Um, it very much depends on the person. Uh, one thing I've noticed, especially with kids is that they often just want to hear that it was hard for us too. Hmm. Um, and I think especially with climbing, like I do not describe myself as a climber at all. I love to get on a rock, but I'm terrified of heights. And when I can connect with the, when I'm working with youth participants and I tell them, you know, I'm terrified of heights. I don't want to be up there either. I don't, I don't always trust the gear to hold me. It really helps like them understand that the fear, um, the fear is there, you know, like there's not much that we can do necessarily to just get rid of that and then Mm -hmm. push ourselves to try it. It's just a matter of like allowing that, sitting in that fear, recognizing that that's how you feel and then deciding to challenge yourself anyway to do it. Um, and so, yeah, that personal connection, especially with youth has definitely helped. Um, with others, it's so interesting working with adults. It's it's kind of a new thing for me. I, I worked with youth since moving to the Midwest about eight years ago. I primarily worked with kids. And so working with adults and trying to get them to try things can be a little funny sometimes. Um, well, often, like we had a rock climbing event in the summertime and all these families came and the kids were the only ones that were climbing mm-hmm. and every single adult I kept saying you know you can get on the rock too like we'd love to get you up there and every single time they'd say oh no 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 I'm too old for that I can't do that mm-hmm. I can't do that yeah. and I just really like to remind people that you know like the outdoors does not discriminate in terms of age and ability like it's it's there for us to try and play and even just looking at it as play. Yeah. Like adults don't yes. play. Everything is <laughs> oh like my gosh. measured. Like Seriously. I have to get to the top of that mountain in order for it to count. Yep. You know, instead yeah. of just I'm gonna try one little climb, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna try to make it five feet mm-hmm. and then call it a win. There's always this com- competition and I love that idea of play and you can look silly when you play. It's okay mm-hmm. to look silly and look ridiculous. I think yeah, yeah. that holds a lot of people back is this idea that I'm gonna I'm gonna look silly or I'm gonna fail. Um, yeah, which who's actually watching? Like that's the thing that I think <laughs> I'm just. I mean, I've just sort of embraced probably in the last ten years or so is I've gotten a lot less fearless because I'm like nobody cares what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, Nobody's mm-hmm. paying attention Nobody's to me. paying, yeah. yeah, like we are not the center of the universe <laughs> or the earth or like even a moment. Yeah. We're, the, yeah. we're the center of our own moment. And yeah. so you can decide to sit on the sidelines and maybe regret that you didn't give it a try with all this great equipment and a great mm-hmm. an, at a great event where you have an opportunity and then just wonder what it would have been like yeah. or you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're providing an opportunity for people to do that. Yeah, absolutely trying. And you know, I, I know a lot of these are like interpersonal barriers where we can't necessarily help someone get past that interpersonal mm-hmm. barrier. But what we can do is we can build the environment that supports them and having like the best possible safe space to do that. Yeah. And um, so our, our staff and our board will often talk about how do we create an inclusive space? And so that's always front of mind. and. In, in listening to what you're saying, Jody, I was thinking about the times that I have been outside and I've noticed that I am being watched or I notice people hmm. or people make comments about uh-huh. something that they think I'm doing wrong or that oh. they want me to do the way that they're going to do it. And 
um, those messages stand in people's minds. You know, mm-hmm. they, they teach us that we don't know what we're doing and that we have to be somewhat cautious when we're, when we're recreating outdoors with other people. And um, we're really trying to do away with those and just remind people, like, it's all about trying. Mm-hmm. It's about having mm-hmm. fun. It doesn't matter what the goal is. You can set really attainable goals for yourself. You can set something slightly outside of your comfort zone and that's going to look completely different from the person next to you and that's okay yep. mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it's like the the quote the teddy roosevelt quote that Brene brown wrote about that i'm not going to remember but about basically the you know the it's the person in the ring who matters who's you know if you're in the ring you're you know and you're trying that's what matters and the, it's not the critic who counts yep. and yeah. to um you know, that's if you are if you're trying, you're winning, mm-hmm. you know, like there. What's the saying about 90 percent of success is just showing up, like just Truly. show up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Another question I have. Bonsai. What does that mean? Can you tell us a little bit about yes, that? OK, I absolutely can. <laughs> um, so in the backpacking community, there's something called trail names. Uh, when you do a longer hike, you might meet. 10 people with the name Joe and you're never going to know how to like distinguish between each of them because they all look you know like dirty outdoors people <laughs> um, and so in the in the backpacking community we get trail names and so I got my trail name Bonsai when I was on the Pacific Coast Trail um, I was given the name because I, so I know this is a podcast so people can't see me I'm very short <laughs> I don't think I'm short but I'm, I don't I'm, think you're short I don't think I'm short either mm-hmm. but you know Midwesterners are yeah. very yeah. tall so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got the name bonsai because I'm short. I'm uh, I'm strong like a tree, but too short to be a real tree. Aww, that's sweet. Yeah. And I've I've loved it. You know, it's like a name that immediately reminds me of the strength that I do have. And um, mm. it's yeah, I, I still have friends that call me bonsai every time we talk. And uh, mm. my husband actually, he just got a tattoo. We have a little a bonsai and big his his trail name is Bighorn because he climbs up mountains like a bighorn sheep. Mm. Um, and so he got a tattoo of a bonsai and oh, bighorn symbol. Cute. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, Lynn. <laughs> what do we do? How do we get a trail name? We gotta go do I something know, really know, impressive. Right? I don't even want to know what my trail name would be. Yeah. I think it'd be yeah. kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> the she tried. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. We're not. Going yes. Yeah. So if um, so, somebody listening to this, you know, you're in Winona, but if somebody listening to this is in Minneapolis or Duluth or the Pacific, you know, Northwest. Um, what would you, you know, what are some other outlets or, you know, organizations that they could plug into if they, mm-hmm. they don't have what you have right there in Winona? What would you, what would your advice be to them? Um, so throughout the time that I've been doing this work, I've been learning just how many organizations like us exist. Um, and maybe they're not, so ours is fairly broad. We're not focused in on one type of recreation. We, we basically do every type of recreation that's available to us in Winona. Um, but I've met all these other women across the country who are doing things like this with, you know, specific to rock climbing, specific to backpacking, specific to mountain biking, um, or even like your local birding clubs, your hmm. local geocaching networks, mm-hmm. like these sort of the, the sort of infrastructure of what we have exists nearly everywhere. Um, and so I, I would just recommend find it, you know, Google what exists in your town, what type of trail, what type of communities do you have in the outdoors? Um, I feel like a lot of cities especially have like trail running communities. And so if you're just looking for a slow entrance into some mm-hmm. sort of outdoor community, a trail running community is a great way to start. Um, and yeah, it's all about 
finding that opportunity to build your sense of community so then you can continue to get connected you know maybe That's you don't love point. trail community yeah. maybe you don't re- love trail running but through that you might meet somebody that does love something you love and yeah. that's a really great point. well yeah and just yeah finding those people that might be connected to something that you don't even know exists yet mm-hmm. like that maybe you'll love yeah, yeah. um winona can you tell us a little bit about the town and maybe why we should come visit and maybe rent some equipment from you and go do something? Yeah, I would absolutely okay. love to talk about Winona. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm not from the area. I just moved to Winona about five years ago. My husband's originally from there. And I fell in love with Winona immediately. It's such a beautiful town. Yeah, it's, it's a cool town. It's so, it's so cool. Yeah. It's nestled between these bluffs. It's in a river valley. Um, and in terms of recreation, it's got pretty much everything you could hope for. There's, um, there is a out, there's outdoor rock climbing. There's an indoor rock climbing gym. And we are one of four locations in the entire U.S. for ice climbing as well. Wow. And actually, I'm going to boast for Minnesota yeah. here. Minnesota has two of the ice climbing, like outdoor ice climbing setups, uh, hmm. which is pretty cool. We're the only state with more than one. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. And then we have, you know, mountain biking, trail running, so much hiking. We have the rivers and, and the lakes for paddling. And um, there's a lot of good fishing. And so it's just yeah. like the, the access to recreation is a there and the town really cares about it so they've been pouring a lot of infrastructure and, and money and resources into building it and making sure that it's accessible that it's uh, that it's there for us to utilize and that it's well protected too um, so if you're into recreation I definitely think Winona is the perfect place to go for vacation it's beautiful any time mm-hmm. of year I know I hear people don't love winter but I think it's really beautiful down there in winter time yeah there's great cross-country skiing yeah. I hear such good cross-country skiing right. and the backwaters freeze so you can go on hikes in the backwaters oh, too and like cool. hike on the frozen Mississippi which is really mm. fun and serene um, yeah and I honestly too the the sense of community that just exists in that town yeah. um, I have never lived somewhere like Winona. Winona is the first place that I moved where I felt like I had I had a sense of community. I had friends, I had my family and like people that helped me feel comfortable just being myself mm. and that wasn't necessarily something I'd found in other communities that I'd lived in. Um, I it's interesting. I actually, I was thinking about this earlier today. I used to live up in Duluth and I was having a conversation one time with a man that lives up there. He's, he's black and he was talking about how when he goes down to Winona, he doesn't feel like he belongs. Mm-hmm. And Winona is a very homogenized community. It's 90, I think like 97.2% white. Um, we're very, very homogenized. And so I definitely understand outsider looking in how it could feel like that's not a community that you'd belong to if you have any sort of diverse identity markers to you um but the truth is like the community is there there's Winona is huge on arts they're huge on um film they're huge on recreation and all of those communities that exist within there are very focused on diversity and equity and inclusion um and so being able to kind of find those different pockets I just I don't know I've never felt out of place in that community because Mm -hmm. of that because of how much the people care so yeah I could talk of Winona forever (laughs) I I love that town yeah (laughs) well I mean in that caveat I mean we're in the Midwest you know like it's not clear you know I mean Mm -hmm. we don't have as much representation as we should have and as much diversity so um knowing that there are community that you know like it you can see something on the surface and know that if you dig down a little bit deeper, you might just find what you're looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like that is, looking at the time, I want to respect your time, Alexa. 
maybe we should yeah, start to wrap up. And um, I feel like that was a perfect segue into something that profound that Jody's going to say as, as we wrap up. Well, no, and, you asked the perfect question about places or, you know, ways to connect. And kind of the way that I wanted to end it is just to say that, like, being part of nature is everyone's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has the opportunity to help others get out there just like you are. You know, you yeah. started a whole nonprofit to, like, really get women out there specifically. And now it's, like, moving into other communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, some suggestions that we had were, you know, start supporting individuals that don't have easy access to the outdoors or encouraging people from other communities outside your own own to join you, you know, like get other people out there, you know, like you have, if you have opportunities, if you have a plan, if you're going somewhere with your family, invite somebody along. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there, of course, are tons of opportunities to support organizations that, you know, really need not only um, volunteers, but funding yeah. is always really, really helpful. So if you have some do- donation dollars that you could the throw. The holidays are coming exactly. up. Exactly. That's a good, a good gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could visit. Uh, what provisions? Base camp provisions. Base camp provisions mm-hmm. for some nice gear. Um, and then you're not, you know, that gear doesn't go to the landfill, et cetera, you know, whatever. But so support, you know, Winona Outdoor Collaborative, um, the Lopet Foundation, mm-hmm. where we are right now. Um, Lopet Lopet. Lopet Lopet. Potato yep, Potato. Exactly. <laughs> um, Friends of the Boundary Waters is doing great work mm-hmm. with inclusivity. Uh, Melanin in Motion, another w- good one here in the Twin Cities. Um, um, and then um, let's help build in, an inclusive outdoor space so everyone has access to both nature and the fun that it accompanies. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, this has been a lovely half hour. Alexa, thank yeah, you so thank you, much. For, thank you for having for me. For coming and congratulations on your on your collaborative and on your efforts and um, best of luck. And Jody and I, we're going to have to make a road trip down to Winona one of these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please do. And thank you, you for all the work you're doing. Thank yeah. you. It's amazing. Thanks for bringing light to those sort of conversations. You know, I think I, I got connected with you, Jody, after your episode about the joy thief was that what uh-huh. it was yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean that's what really drew me into your podcast was like the fact that you're having these conversations and they have to happen and I just appreciate that there's a space for it you know wonderful yeah. well, thank you thank, thank you, thank you. we do this for fun is supported by 515 productions a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis the website is 515productions.com and did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfun at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We do not judge. We promise we've been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.